Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this day to hear your word. Open not only our ears, but open our hearts. Give us your Holy Spirit to understand your word, to take it to heart, and then by your Holy Spirit's power, help us to live it in our everyday life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today's lesson is about two people, a dead girl and a very sick woman. First part of the lesson, a father pleads with Jesus to help Because his little girl is dying. And Jesus does not ignore his request. And so he goes with this man to his house. Second half of the lesson, we see a woman who is very ill, ill, who has been bleeding for 12 years. And she believes that if she just touches Jesus' robe, then she will be healed. This is the very word of our God that we'll look at today as it is found for us in Mark chapter 5. Well, as Don said, why bother? Sometimes we say that, sometimes we think that. Why bother? Perhaps you've reached the end of your rope. Perhaps you feel like throwing in the towel. Maybe you're confronted with a helpless or hopeless situation. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's uh, someone has betrayed your trust. Maybe you just feel like the problem is too severe that you can't even take it to God. It's beyond His help. Well, if you've ever felt like, why bother, then today's sermon is for you. Because what's going on in today's lesson? We find some really helpless and hopeless situations. In the first one, Jairus. He's a ruler of the synagogue, which means that he probably doesn't believe in what Jesus is saying or doing. And even though he's a ruler of the synagogue, even though he's opposed to Jesus, he comes to Jesus in his hour of need, believing that if Jesus just touches his daughter, perhaps she will be healed. Jesus doesn't reject him. Instead, he goes to the house. And on the way to the house, what happens? A group of men from his home come and they deliver the crushing news that his daughter has already died. And so what do the men do? They say to Jairus, uh, in essence, why bother the teacher anymore? After all, he's not going to bring your loved one back to life. Well, today is the last Sunday of the Great Commission season here at Christ our King. You know, so far we've looked at in these last six or seven weeks, we've looked at Christians down through the ages, starting with the wise men right up till today, of how Christians have let the light of the gospel shine in their life. And we've done this so that we can learn maybe some things from them about how we can share the love of Jesus Christ with people in our life. You know, when I first looked at this text, and I'll have to tell you that Pastor Don picked it. Pastor Don picked this text, and I looked at it, and I said to myself, uh, what does this really have to do with the Great Commission? After all, this is a helpless and a hopeless situation. And yet, the more I looked at it, the more I began to understand that it has everything to do with the Great Commission. Because what it really shows is this, as on the cover of your bulletin, there are no boundaries that Jesus will not cross on our behalf. 
Jesus crosses all kinds of man-made boundaries for the purpose of seeking and saving a world lost in sin. It reveals to us Jesus, who opens doors that we had long believed were nailed shut. He crosses lines and boundaries for all people. So if you have your Bibles with you today, take a look now at Mark 5, verse 21. The first boundary relates to the kind of people that we believe that Jesus will respond to and who we won't respond to. I mean, haven't we at times thought to ourselves, Jesus, he's not going to respond to this kind of person because we wouldn't respond to them. Again, we believe that Jesus will only respond to certain kind of people, people who maybe have a basic understanding of who he is and what he's done. Or sometimes we think that Jesus wouldn't respond to uh, people who come from a different background than ours, maybe a different ethnic background or a different kind of belief system. Or that, again, as sinful people, uh, we have been known to set limits on whom Jesus will welcome and to whom he will respond. So in today's lesson, we find two people. Two people who don't know much about Jesus, but they are in need. They come with a poor understanding, and yet they come. And amazingly, they get what they expect. Our Lord responds to them, and He reveals an openness to those people, regardless of how shallow their faith is. It's almost unbelievable, especially to those of us who would impose limits on his love and his care. The second boundary is this. It's really the boundary that Jairus' friends uh, started to push when they said to Jairus, your daughter is dead. So why bother Jesus any longer? After all, I mean, how many of us would suggest that Jesus that we really shouldn't expect too much from him. After all, there's certain things that are beyond uh, his control or beyond what he can do anything about. Like maybe a troubled marriage or a wayward child or the loss of a loved one. We tend to think that because a problem is out of our hands or beyond our ability to do something about it, then it's also beyond God's help. And I'm going to say that one more time. Isn't it true that we've often thought that if a problem is beyond our fixing, then it's also beyond God's help? This woman in the text comes to Jesus. She heard that he was coming to town. A large crowd of people came to see this Jesus, to check him out. And what does she think? She's in this big crowd. She thinks, perhaps if I just reach out and touch his cloak, perhaps I will be healed. Now, of course, she's got a wrong conception believing that Jesus' clothes have this magical ability. But she comes. She comes in simple, childlike faith and trust. And what happens? Again, Jesus says to her, he commends her, he says, your faith has made you well. You know, no matter how small, she comes with this spark 
of faith and trust in Christ. You know, when someone asks us, why should Jesus be troubled with a problem, I think we ought to respond by saying, well, who else is there who can really help? Who else is there that can really make a difference? He alone can do far more than we could ever imagine or think. But isn't it true that sometimes we limit Jesus because we can't even begin to imagine or think the power and the compassion that he has to make a difference, an eternal difference in our life. The third boundary has to do, is imposed upon Jesus. It's the belief that he can't respond to everybody. Jackson talked about how many billions of people there are in the world. And so it is that people believe, well, Jesus can't respond to every one of them. Seems ridiculous, doesn't it? That he could care for one person like you or me out of billions upon billions of people. But in this text, what does Jesus say when the woman touched him? Who touched me? And the disciples are almost incredulous when they say to Jesus, You know, this large crowd of people, and you expect us to be able to single out one person, one person who touched you? But that's exactly what Jesus does. He calls out this woman. Now, i got to imagine, if you're this woman, and Jesus calls you out, you got to be afraid. you got to be scared. You know, the rule of that day was this. If a person was sick, If a person was physically unclean, if a person had some sort of illness, a person had leprosy, then the person that they touched would also become unclean. Especially socially unclean and spiritually unclean. But that's just the point, isn't it? Our uncleanness is traded for His healing and His restoration. He takes our sin on himself, and he gives us his healing. I always love that hymn, There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Jesus came so that each and every person might be saved. In the Great Commission, he calls us to let our light shine, to reach out and touch people with the healing news of the gospel, so that all people might know that there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Okay, here we are at the fourth boundary. I'm just about done. The fourth boundary has everything uh, to do with the Great Commission. Because in this particular boundary, we believe that being a witness for Jesus is of little use. Now admit it, how many times haven't you had people in your life who you said to yourself in your own thinking, why bother? Why bother to tell that person about Jesus? Because you've already made up your mind that they won't believe it anyway. Why bother? Or sometimes we think to ourselves, I don't know enough about Jesus myself. And I don't want to mess things up by giving witness or wrong information about Jesus. So why bother? Besides, that's what we pay Pastor Don to do. You know, let him do it. Again, 
uh, when we forget, sometimes uh, we just uh, think in our minds, uh, you know, and sometimes with me it's a fear of failure. Uh, That person won't believe or they'll make fun of me. But you know what? As Christians, we have a story to tell. As Christians, we have a story to tell. And one of the easiest ways to let the light of the gospel shine in our life is to simply tell other people what he has done for us. I mean, think about it. Who can argue with your witness? Who can argue with your testimony? Who can argue with you about what Christ has done for you? You know, our lives and our actions must daily carry and report all that Christ has done for us. That's the best way. I know Jesus. I know what he has done for me. He has been with me every step of the way. You know, I remember uh, my son-in-law a few weeks ago was having this discussion with an atheist. He wasn't getting anywhere with his discussion with this man who was an atheist, and he simply ended the conversation saying this, Well, I don't know about you, but I know where I'm going. I know Jesus lived and died and rose for me, and you know what? I want to take as many people with me as I can. End of the story. Now, you could try arguing with his witness, but how do you argue with it? Again, our lives Our daily actions need to carry the report and the message of what Christ has done for you. And every one of you has a story. Every one of you has a witness. Finally, the last boundary that Jesus crosses is the point beyond which no one can go. Remember in the text, when Jesus and Jairus get back to his house, There's already the hired mourners there. They come out and they tell Jairus, don't bother. Don't bother because your daughter is already dead. Again, they implied that there is some boundaries that no one can cross. Not even Jesus can cross the boundary of death. But what does Jesus do? He ignores them. Think about how Jesus ignored the critics on the day that he raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus literally stunk up the place. The critics are saying, the Pharisees are there. They're saying, you got to be kidding me. You think you can do something about death itself? Jesus ignored them. This one scene I would love to see reenacted is when Jesus said to the little girl and when Jesus said to Lazarus, I say to you, arise. Think about the power of God's word to conquer even death itself. And Jesus ignored all of the critics in the world on Easter Sunday morning when he conquered death, when he revealed to the world that he is the resurrection and the life. The mourners laughed at Jesus. And they laugh at Jesus today. But you know what? There is coming a day when all of the critics will laugh no longer. But what they fail to understand is on the last day, it will be too late for them to put their faith and their trust in Christ. Faith must always 
ignore the rumor that hope has died. You see, the bottom line is this. There are no boundaries that Jesus will not cross on your behalf. We have seen the power of his compassion and his love, even over helpless and hopeless situations. And he promises to go with us. The question for us today as I come to a close is this. Where is God calling you to go? Where is God calling you to let your light shine for Christ in the days to come? Where is he calling you to go individually? And make no mistake about it, he is calling you. He has a plan, and he has a purpose for your life. You know, God's word again today promises and provides us an example of people doing little things. They may think they're little things, but God can accomplish great things. But what do we do? We often argue with God. We often say, God, but I'm so busy with all my everyday responsibilities that sometimes we fail to see the bigger picture. And sometimes we say, why bother? Why bother? Why bother? Because eternity is at stake. You know, sometimes because of our fear of failure, we put more uh, stock in uh, the fear of failure rather than in the power of the gospel. You know, where is God calling us, not only individually, but where is he calling us as a congregation to let our light shine for Christ? You know, in the next few weeks and months, you're going to be hearing more about an international friendship center here at Christ our King. The Voters' Assembly and the Church Council have voted to explore this possibility, an international friendship center. Realize how many people in this community come from different ethnic backgrounds, how many people who will live within the circle of our influence Some of them don't know how to speak English. Maybe that means that uh, Christ our King becomes a place where people come from different ethnic backgrounds and they learn English as a second language. Maybe they come in our doors and they are in communication and contact with Christians and we have the opportunity to give witness and let the light of the gospel shine in their life. Celine has also become the epicenter for adult senior care. As we speak, there are, I believe, five adult senior care facilities in Celine. Other towns only wish they had what we have. You know, as we minister to people in those facilities, I can tell you from personal experience, some of the people that I minister to, some of them have never heard about Jesus. Many of them have. But the many who have heard about Jesus, they are closer to heaven's doors maybe than the rest of us. And they need to be reassured that Jesus lived and he died and he rose again for them. Again, we need to point people to Jesus. They need their faith strengthened. These are exciting times to be a witness for Christ. And we dare not miss the opportunities that God is placing before us today. It won't be easy. And some people will say, why bother? But God calls us to do it anyway. After all, God has commanded it to us in the Great Commission. 
to go and make disciples of all nations. You know, that plaque that Pastor Don has, that Mother Teresa quote in the front of your bulletin in the introduction, I like that, do it anyway. Again, many people will say, why bother? But God says, do it anyway. And I will guide you. I will forgive you. And I will empower you to cross boundaries for my sake and for others. In his name we ask it. Amen. We pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunities that you place before us every day. The opportunities that you place before us in our own home as we tell our children, as we set the example to them, as we uh, sing those great songs of faith, as we teach our children to pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you for being our Savior. As we have the opportunity to uh, be in the community at Upward Basketball or wherever it is, and uh, to again reflect the love that you have for us in Christ Jesus. And the opportunities that you present before us as a congregation. Uh, letting the gospel light shine, doing together what none of us can do alone. So, Lord, today we pray again for your guidance, your direction, and your power to help us be your faithful witnesses. Lord, we pray and we ask this in your name, and all of God's people said, Amen.